Hey everyone, welcome back to Two G's in a Pod. Two gals on a mission, ready to educate, empower and entertain. I'm Angie. And I'm MG. Let's get started with episode three. Woo-hoo. Hey everyone, happy Friday. We are so excited that you're here. And mum, if you're listening, it's Michelle. Because guess what, Nicole? My mum and dad couldn't tell us apart. Hey. <laughs> I said, have you listened to the podcast yet? And they both said, yeah, but we don't know who's who. So, hi, mum, if you're listening, it's me. <laughs> well, at least I'll be able to tell at the start and then maybe try and work it out. Yeah, remember, they did used to get us a bit mixed up if we like were staying at my house. I'm sure my mum's like, oh, I didn't know if that was you or Nicole this morning. That's true. We used to have very similar hair colour as well, didn't we? Yeah. What have you been up to anyway? I cannot wait to see you. I know, my trip's nearly coming to an end, which is sad, but I'm excited to come over and get you, gal, get a good workout in. But today I've just been Dora the Explorer. I went and tried a dance class out tonight. Yeah, I'm just um, touring the city. I'm becoming a local. (laughs) (laughs) What have you been doing? I have just been keeping myself busy. I um, well, had my weightlifting competition on Sunday there, so totally different like feeling from um, it's over so quick. So obviously the first part, I wouldn't even say, do you know, I wasn't that nervous. I think I've been writing that I was nervous and I've worked out it was more just I wasn't that confident, like not been doing it that long. You know, sometimes if you've done something a million times, your body does know what you're doing, but it's still quite early days, so... Yeah, it was tough, like, kind of confident-wise. Then I got right into the clean and jerk, loved that. Then it was over, so you can tell that you would get that wee bug of, oh, I want to do it again. Mm-hmm. But you've done absolutely amazing. So you went in and you done it, you experienced it, and yes, your confidence might have not been there yet, but just think, you've done it once, so good bit again. Absolutely. So, yeah, I was really proud of myself for just being like, do you know what, stuff it, like... um. It was funny because I thought, we're in the singlet. I was like, oh, no, I look like I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and then Julie will tell me, you do know what you're doing. So I was fine. It was good. So anyway, before we get into this week's topic, I just wanted to touch upon what we spoke about in episode two. So I had a great conversation with one of my besties. She is loving the podcast, which is so nice to hear. And she said, Michelle, you've got me thinking about that 30 things I love about me list. She said, so I'm starting to think about it in my head. She said, but why is it that we still feel we need to justify like things that we write? And I can totally relate because I know like on my list, I had wrote, oh, I love my hair. But then it's like, I'm justifying it like, oh, because it used to be really thin and it's not anymore. So I was thinking anyone else, they're probably in that same situation. They might be starting to write, oh, like I love my legs and they'll be like giving themselves, they'll be justifying it. So I thought, you know, it's going to take us time. We're after years and years of us thinking we don't want to be, oh, I love me. And it's not like that, but it's going to take time for us to sort of switch that switch in our head. But I wanted to know how our listeners are getting on with that task. Have you written that title in your notes yet? Because I thought, that's quite similar to what you had spoke about before, opening that loop in your head. And if people are writing that title in their phone, that's opening that loop. So they're going to be thinking, they might walk past the mirror, see the reflection and think, I've got a great pair of legs. And if you're thinking that, get that written down on your list of things that you love about yourself. Um, but what my friend said that 
I, it was just so amazing because I've never heard her say this before. She says, I, I love my skin pigmentation. She says, I don't, I've always had it, so I don't know myself without it. The people that love me, love me with that. You know, it doesn't make any difference to them. And obviously, I've never, ever heard her speak about it like this. So I was so proud. And I was like, that's a great share. So anyone else listening that maybe has something that they have not looked at in a positive way, can you turn that around and see it as a positive and think about it? Like, you know, you're beautiful as you are. The people that love you, love you as you are. And you don't need to change. Um, so I thought that was an amazing share. Yeah, and don't um, feel like you have to justify it either. I think you're kind of conditioned like that as you grow up or as you grow older. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love that share. Get them in. Yeah. I want to hear more of them. That'd be great. <laughs> and when I was actually thinking about that, like, you know, you're beautiful as you are. So this was one day, it was just after COVID, um, or in between that, me and Liam were out shopping. And he was in shopping. There was only two people allowed in the shop at the one time. So I'm outside. And I was just watching everyone go past and he came out and I says, do you know, Liam? I was like, everyone is beautiful in their own way. He was like, you're all right. What have you been thinking about? <laughs> I was like, I was just watching everybody like, you know, no matter what you look like, no matter what shape and size you are, like everyone is beautiful and there's someone to love everyone. Um, and I think as well, I know me growing up, like obviously I was obsessed with body image, but not even body image, how I looked as well. I was and I, I think I never admitted this to myself until thinking about this podcast. Like, I think I was obsessed with trying to be beautiful instead of just being like, you know, I'm, I'm beautiful as I am. Yeah, instead um, of just being me, like just being you sort of thing. Yeah, desperate to try and look like somebody different. And um, and it was like, you know, it's horrible. And I know loads of people will be the same. So I had a real realisation that day, like everybody is beautiful. So yeah, I just wanted to share that. Yeah, the life... The world would be pretty boring if we were all the same. So exactly, embrace, embrace you, gal. Embrace, yeah. Um. So Nicole, you take it away with this week's topic. Yes. So tonight we are here to talk about alcohol, the effects put on your body, the dreadful fear, because we really feel that it's definitely a love hate relationship for a lot of people, particularly if you value your health fitness productivity and you know we're not here to judge in any way at all or say what's right or what's wrong but we just would really like to share our relationship with it because it's definitely something that's changed from our 20s going into our 30s and as I say to the ENG gals quite a bit awareness equals power so the more knowledge that you have the better your decisions are going to be um, so first of all, I think I just wanted to start off by saying that I think it's really clear that there's a massive drink culture in the UK, particularly Scotland. So, you know, like pre-drinks, drinking to get absolutely smashed and, you know, the shock on people's faces when you say you're not drinking as if you're like the abnormal one, which I feel like we both listened to less of as we've went into our 30s. So we both still enjoy a drink, of course, and going out, but we have definitely noticed a love-hate relationship with this just because of, you know, the enjoyment of it, but then the effects of the next day, the next, and sometimes the next are just not worth it for us anymore. And, of course, we still like going out, we still like having fun, we still like having a drink, but we've significantly reduced our intake of alcohol over the past couple of years just because of things like our values have changed, our habits have changed, we value productivity, energy, time, health, 
of the next day rather than the buzz of the alcohol. Hence why I suppose we've only really got a big night out or we try to probably, what, every four to six weeks, Nish? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we just can't handle, we, we get probably that fear that people speak about and some people call it anxiety. And it's also, I suppose, more about like the mental health side of it, the feeling of being fresh. We absolutely love our trainings better, moods, motivation, just everything in general. And the more that we can stay away from that feeling of fear the next day, not the good type of fear, um, worried, you know, if you've said anything wrong or you've acted a bit stupid, but the better. So the more that we can stay away from the fear, the better. So I think, Michelle, that probably leads me on nicely to something that you were going to share about alcohol and what sort of stance you're taking on that at the moment. Yeah. So actually, when you were talking about there, about the, the anxiety, and we put something up on our Instagram page just to get a, a view on how people do feel the next day. So it was a scale of one to 10. Um, how does it make you feel? Or um, how bad is your fear, basically? So 18% were about one to three. Um, being like, do you know, I don't give a monkeys. That's like the low end of the fear show. They can have a drink and they're fine the next day. Brilliant. 36%, and this was the highest, um, says that it lasts about four to six days. So yeah, usually like, you know, you're getting to the Friday, you're just over it. And then if you go out quite regularly, it's just basically time to do it again. Um, 23%, which was also pretty high, said that it actually lasts one to two weeks and they get themselves in a bit of a mess over it. And then 23% said that they, they've actually quit drinking because that feeling is just, you know, it's not worth it for them. So, yeah, do you know, and I actually, depending week to week, I, I'm not, I've actually go out week to week, but I've been in all different categories there. Um, and that kind of leads me on to, I set myself a wee challenge recently. And there's a few different reasons why, which I'll talk about. And I said, right, 100 days, no alcohol. It was just a random number that I chose. Um, and there was a couple of things that all led to this. So actually, people that know me, they've probably heard me talk at different times, being like, I just wish I could give up. I've actually spoke about before. I've had a dream a couple of times. I've been pregnant. And in the dream, it's like I'm so happy because I don't need to drink. And then I'm like, if you don't want to drink, just don't drink. And, you know, it's not even that I'm getting pressure from anyone. It's just like it's what I've always done, really. So it's like that pressure really must just be there from myself. Um, so anyway, I decided, as you said, Nicole, like it's getting significantly less. Actually, hardly go out now. And what I've also spoke about with people, and we realise, the less you do it, the harder it is to recover. <laughs> yes, a hundred percent. When you go out regularly, you're pretty good at it. It's like going to the gym. The more you go to the gym, the easier it is. <laughs> um, I think you just get too excited. Personally, if I've not been out for like forty-six weeks. The thought of going out, and I think it's just more being around people. I get overexcited, end up drinking really fast, and then before I know it, like I can't seem to find that line when it's like danger, danger. You're getting drunk, Nicole. I just go way past it, and it's like, oh, what? What happened there? <laughs> danger, danger! <laughs> I wish there was like a wee an alarm that went off inside right. you, know, like, right, or something that on. just punched you in the face and told you stop being a <laughs> fucking idiot. <laughs> that happened to me the last time so I had the girls day out I was so excited for it and because I hadn't drank for so long and I mean I was actually on a mission I was like I'm going to get steaming 
So what happened was I usually drink Prosecco and when I drink Prosecco, I get like a woo-woo kind of drunk. And because that's now the norm for me, um, anyway, I was drinking vodka this day. It was a really hot day and I was like, do you know what? The Prosecco wasn't going down well. So because I could probably drink quite a lot of vodka and be okay. So I kept going back for more. And then obviously a double vodka is not enough. So you get a double vodka and a Jaeger bomb. So seven Jaeger bombs in, pretty, still actually not too drunk, which is quite surprising. But um, anyway, I go up the town and I actually ended up having a conversation and I've said something that could have offended someone. Um, and people knowing me, they know I'm like, I am a really kind person. I would never want to upset anyone. But just being intoxicated, something's came out that could just could have upset someone. So honestly, I was ill for about two weeks thinking about this. Um, didn't even want to talk about it for two weeks. The minute it came back into my mind and me and actually one of the SMC girls were talking about this and we could have a, you know, we were sharing stories and she said, oh my God, that happens to me. Um, and I don't know if anyone else listening this happens to, like if something comes back into your head that you've done and you almost get a bit of an electric shock and you go, oh, yes. <laughs> it literally shocks your body and it's horrible. It either happens to me when I'm driving or when I'm in the shower or just when I'm on my own and I go, oh, and I need to give myself a shake and remind myself it's fine. So anyway, that was the one reason and it was enough to make me feel like I don't want to be in that situation ever again. That's made me feel like shit, potentially someone else feel like shit, which is the last thing I want to do. So that was number one. But at perfect timing that it came alongside was, obviously I had the Olympic weightlifting um, competition and needed to try and be on top form for that. And also we've got Apex in four weeks time, Apex Games. First time competing with Liam, also want to feel like I want to be on top form. And um, like you were talking about there, now I prioritise, obviously, my sleep, nutrition, training sessions. And when I'm drinking, the first thing to go is all, all of them. Um, and obviously, it's not a long time away. And I thought, you know what, that'll just make sure that I'm not going to get much stronger or fitter in those four weeks. But if I can look after, prioritise recovery, sleep, then I'm going to be better than I would if I was drinking. So that was number two. And then reason number three is I'm pretty much self-employed now at the moment. And going from always maybe having a shift at Bannon Times or, you know, I'm still at the engine room now, but less hours. I'm more working online, trying to be that online coach. And now I've nobody checking up on me. So if I'm tired on a Monday from being out on a Saturday, you know, nobody's. I've got just a few sessions where I'm one-to-one -one in the gym, some from the engine room and some from a strong mum club. But it's not as much as I usually am. So it's different when I was working at a shift and doing a shift. You know, you need to be at work for, say, nine o'clock or whatever. So no matter how tired you are, you're up and you're there. But no one's checking up on me now. So I can't leave that up to chance. I need to make sure I'm getting up, doing what needs to be done, being the best I can for my clients. Um, I'm not saying I'm never going to drink again because, as you said, and I, I do really enjoy it. It just all happened at the one time where I thought, I need a break and now I've shown myself that um, I can like pick and choose so I've got like in my kitchen you'll know my chalkboard so I've been writing up like it was like day one no alcohol I'm now at like day 40 and it looks pretty impressive because I'm like that's 40 days but really it's only been four social occasions because that's the only time I would have a drink but I've managed a wedding family barbecue a night in with the girls and a night out with the girls all which would have been lovely to have a couple of drinks but I've now shown myself that I don't need to. Um, I can do both. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. And I'm feeling really good for it. Oh, amazing, Michelle. 
can't wait to hear your experience and the impact. <laughs> I know, thank you. I have decided, so Apex, when we go to Liverpool, it's in four weeks and it's going to be roughly at, I've not worked out the date, it might be at like day 75. And you know what, I'm not going to be super strict myself and say it needs to be 100 days because it was just a random number I chose. No for, and you know, I've shown myself I can do it. And that's the main thing. And I want to enjoy myself after. We're going to be working so hard and we're going to be away and I'm going to have a wee celebration yeah. drink then. Yeah. And the main thing is you're doing it for you. Like, there's no doubt about it that if your alcohol consumption is limited, your standards are high as fuck, aren't they? They're a lot higher. But as important, mm-hmm. I suppose, to um, kind of note as well that, you know, there's no bigger critic of you than yourself. So try not to beat yourself up too much, you know, when you when you maybe do um, go out and maybe you know, get a bit steam in. And I think we've both been a listening ear for each other in the past that it's all right, don't worry, you'll be fine in a few days. <laughs> but yeah, just give, you remember know, just that self-compassion as well. Absolutely. Like, I know I'm actually really hard on myself when it comes to this subject and people will be like, why are you so bothered? And, and it's just like, see, I'm like, oh, I just got better, you know, higher, hand, higher standards for myself. Like, I know that because I do suffer bad with a hangover, like really bad, but what you said to me one time, I still remember it. Um, it was a while ago, but it's so true. <laughs> Michelle, it won't be the first time and it's not going to be the last. So basically, get over it. And I was like, you know, you're so right. Like, I really do enjoy I enjoy having fun. I actually like, probably a pretty good laugh when I'm steaming. <laughs> you are, gal, but, but you oh, laugh when you're sober as hell. Don't you worry. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do need to be careful, though. I'm probably going to hurt myself one of these times. Like... I think I'm a gymnast when I'm drunk. Yeah, you do enjoy a forward roll when you're steaming. The last one, my cousin's wedding, I've now discovered I can do a, oh no, it wasn't, it was my cousin's Hindu, discovered I can do a backward roll. Oh, well done. Next thing's backward <laughs> roll to straddle. You'll be good to go. <laughs> no, don't even put that in my head. <laughs> You'll be egging me on. Yeah, I probably will. <laughs> So let's go on. You've got some actual like um, knowledge as power or stuff that you wanted to tell us. Yeah. So as I was saying before, um, awareness equals power. So the more information we've got, the better. Um, so I, what I thought I'd do is share some of the facts behind the consumption of alcohol and um, the effects it has on your body, just to even maybe give you another perspective on the reason why it does affect your body so much. So this... I'm not going to take credit for this. This is from a podcast that was listened to um, James Middleton, Bounce Back, I think it's called. So he talks about quite a few different facts um, and the relationship with alcohol as well. So I'm just going to choose three that I thought were really interesting and I think would relate to our listeners as well. So the first one, I'm just going to read it from my notes, is uh, the consumption of alcohol can disrupt part of the brain that's responsible for memory storage. And this is why, obviously, that we forget parts of our night. And the reason I chose that one is because this is probably a massive reason why I get the fear, because I have blank parts in my night and I hate it. Um, the second one is that 12 to 24 drinks per week can cause degeneration of neurons in your brain. God, I probably could drink 12 drinks easy on one night, which is not great um but the good news is good news here it can be reversed 
obviously with the reduction of alcohol within two to six months. So just think, even a good two months after could help with the brain. <laughs> and then my final one there that I thought I would share was when you drink alcohol, cortisol increases. So that's the stress hormone. So even just from one drink a night, your cortisol levels will increase, which is why people can experience more stress, anxiety. And it says here that that can last up to five days. And it's also why people would maybe choose the fatty foods after a night out or even the next day. Because obviously if cortisol is high, your blood sugar is low. So you're seeking out, um, obviously, sugary, fatty foods. And um, it can, of course, disrupt your sleep. And no one, I think you can agree, agree, Michelle, is making good decisions when you're either hungover or you're tired. Absolutely. It's, um, that's, I heard that we podcast as well, actually, and it was saying, you know how a lot of times people maybe come in from a stressful job or stressful day looking after family and maybe think, oh, I'll have a wee drink, because they, they might feel at the time that it's de-stressing them. But as you said, with cortisol and stuff, it's actually probably having the opposite effect. Opposite you can effect. see why people, yeah. Um, yeah. So that's why it's quite good if you can find an alternative. Um, mm-hmm. to another vice, really, rather than coming home yeah. and maybe the glass of wine, it could be something else. Trying to think of different ways rather than the, the wine all the time. You know, you can still enjoy mm-hmm. that, but it's about finding, like I said in the other podcast, about finding different snacks. Yes, it can still be the snack as in the food if you want it to be sometimes, but depending on what your goals are, that's maybe not always going to be aligned. So it's about finding different things in place of that, whether it's a walk, whether it's a coffee, catching up with a friend, whether it's uh, reading a book. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I think um, what we're going to chat about is some people bravely shared some of their um but well maybe not embarrassing but you know some of their um, drunk stories but I think uh, we were going to share with our listeners don't worry we won't say any names it's anonymous so my first one I've got here is came into work rough on a two-day hangover and had to do interviews all day oh I couldn't go into work rough anymore I, I used to do it when I worked in hospitality and it was not good but I was a bit younger so a bit more resilient so all right I know see the thought of um I'm actually just thinking back there obviously when I worked on the cruise ship I mean we drank pretty much every day and we used to have this saying it was so funny we would get up with like I don't care whose birthday it is who's leaving the ship tomorrow what independence day it is I am not drinking tonight and then you'd go to the bar at five to like want a drink oh I cheers (laughs) you um, just got all way didn't you right what's yours yeah um, oh yeah but then that that I was thinking what, where that came from but that got me thinking like could not go into work hungover now I absolutely just could not do it um, well definitely not that's actually just made me so this one I absolutely love we were on my cousin's hen do um, and we're sitting there so hungover we're in Belfast and <laughs> my cousin who's also loving the podcast um she, we were, the next day she was like right I need to do my food shop for the week because if I get home on Monday and I'm hungover you know my week will just be all over the place so she's trying to be you know so prepared so good on her as that online shop because we're in Belfast it's picked up the location of Belfast and she's ordered it from the Asda <laughs> we were 
honestly we were all wetting ourselves and she's like oh no I need to fix this and then too hungover to fix it but she did get it but um she didn't actually write that one in but it was a belter that I had to share <laughs> okay well, the next one I have is when my mom had to come and pick up pick up and my dog pick me and my dog up to look after us both because I was incapable of even lifting my head off the pillow oh being that kind of hungover state not good I know we've got another one here as well and I don't know if anyone will relate um, a lot of people relate to this I'm sure when it's a sit down shower if you need to sit down in the shower you know it's a bad one <laughs> definitely um, next one here I've got also, I was like I was like Ian Beale and my body kept trying to spew. I've got nothing left. Also waking up with random bruises and a bump on the head. Ian Beale. Right, next one. This one. I've got a story here. I'm just going to read it from the post as well. So, so whilst I was living at home, my work buddy and I used to be partial to a wee drink after work. One night we got so drunk and stayed out till about two. Since I hadn't been home, decided to grab half pizza supper for my dinner and attempt to soak up the alcohol before work the next day. Well, I was clearly so drunk that I never attempted to eat it, just passed out in my bed. I woke up with later with my cat running around like a loony all over me. Reached over, turned on the bedside light and the cat was going bananas. The chippy box wide open at this point. I wasn't sure if it was me or the cat who had eaten it. In my drunken days, I just kind of watched the cat dashing about. He eventually stopped, sat squatting in my overnight bag that I'd, that I'd had staying at my boyfriend's a few days previous. Well, the cat proceeded to shit all in my bag, a waterfall of half pizza induced diarrhea. Even being so drunk, apparently made an attempt to clean it up and I don't really remember it. The next morning, though, I was woken up by my dad, furious, shouting, you were so drunk last night, you shit yourself and had the audacity to throw your shitty pants in the bath. See, trying to tell him that, in fact, it was the cat who shat my pants and not me. Yeah, he wasn't buying it. And she said, um, so hungover as hell and getting the absolute pelters because everyone in my family thinks I've shit myself and blamed it on the cat. Cat that shit. That was a good one. That was a Bell good one. Time. Okay, and then my last one there, a um, few years back now, I went on a works night out and was drunk before I got there, but tried to keep up with the younger ones with the shots. I'm pretty sure I only threw my bowling ball three times over two games. Came to the end of the bowling, had to get help to get the heels back on. Someone hands me a pint of water and go down like a board. Right back, still holding the water. So I get taken home and into the bathroom, sit in the toilet and then throw up all over the bath. I was rough for about three days and couldn't go to work the next day to teach any lessons. Was embarrassed for ages. Oh, can't keep up with the young ones. I know. <laughs> right, so Michelle, I think we are just going to finish off with our usual wins and bins. Yay! Oh, no, wait, wait, let's share one of our um, embarrassing drunk stories. Oh, right, you go first. So mine isn't really embarrassing, but it's more of a... Um, a warning to people so I got home one night obviously really drunk and thought it was my makeup wipes that I was taking my makeup up with and it was a dental cleaning wipe the next day my skin was like red raw so please don't do that anyone <laughs> yours mine I actually just thought of this while we were talking through this wasn't my original one I had but I remember having a drink at my friend's house and 
as I was talking about before, like to roll around and do silly stuff when I'm drunk. And I think she was like pulling me with my like with my feet and like spinning me around her living room. And my hair went in a in a candle, like, and it was covered in wax. Oh. And this was one of these nights. I was working the next day. And it was one of those nights where I was like, I'm just going for a bottle of Prosecco. What's the worst that can happen? Was completely still steaming the next day. My, my hair was covered in wax. It looked really, really bad. Um, but yeah, I made it to work. And, and I've, I continued to show everyone at work, look at my hair. <laughs> <laughs> but we had a good laugh. That's the main thing. Right, everyone, that's us getting to the end of the podcast. We are still doing our wins and bins. Remember, let us know what you're winning this week and what you've been going into the next week. The post will be put up on our stories. Thank you so much for listening to episode three. Bye. Thank you. Bye, everyone. Can't wait. See you next Friday.